Institute of World Mission podcast. You're listening to the show for Adventist cross-cultural mission enthusiasts. My name is Alex Ott, and together with the IWM team, we invite you to join us today. This podcast is a production of the Institute of World Mission brought to you with support of the General Conference Missions family of ministries and services. We all are right in the middle of another week, friends. And yes, it is the podcast time. Happy to greet you, and I'm especially looking for today's interview. It's one I wanted to do for a while. Today, you will hear me speak with Dr. Anne Hamill, General Conference Psychologist, serving with the International Service Employee Support Team. No, I, I got it right. Dr. Hamill is someone who was close to me and Amy when we went to the mission field ourselves. As many of you, we met her in a mission institute and were both inspired by her story and blessed by her caring spirit. In the interview today, Dr. Hamill will share some about her ministry. But I just want to mention that she has a PhD in psychology and a doctor in ministry degree in formational counseling. She has been a missionary for many years is highly trained, and truly understands the challenges we experience as missionaries. Now on to the interview itself. Dr. Hamill, welcome to the Institute of World Mission podcast. Thank you, Alex. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited to be talking with you today and would like to ask you first to share with us, with our audience, a little more about your current ministry. Alex, I'm the psychologist with the International Service Employee Support Team of the General Conference. We call it the ISE Support Team. Our team provides emotional and spiritual support for the ISEs that the church sends around the world. Because the life of a missionary can be challenging and stressful. Of course, there are many very positive things about being a missionary as well. Well, that is very true on both sides. Now, we will talk about it more today. Um, you mentioned that you're part of a team. Would you just share a little bit more of the team that you serve with? Yes. I'm the mental health provider on the team. We also have a pastoral care couple, Ken and Ivanette Osborne. Ken and Ivanette have been a part of the team for two years now. In addition to Ken and Ivanette, we have um, Mike Porter. Mike Porter works with ADRA and is the missionary care person for ADRA. His wife, Karen is an associate secretary of the General Conference and also co-director of IPRS, and she directs our team. The six of us actually make up uh, the ISC support team, and our goal is to provide emotional and spiritual support for our missionaries, and we do that in a variety of ways. Now, we've had one interview with Ken and Ivanette in the past. I will make sure here on this podcast, I'll make sure to... Uh, link to that interview in the show notes if any of our listeners will want to catch up with, uh, with that. Now, um, would you please tell us about the various ways that you support missionaries in the field as mental health uh, provider um, and the kinds of issues that missionaries deal uh, generally with? Sure. Well, I'll start, Alex, by saying that generally speaking, missionaries are a healthy and resilient group of people. It's not that they're particularly needy. They are healthy and resilient. They have accepted 
the invitation of Jesus to deny themselves, to take up their cross, and to follow him. Their calling, their sense of God calling them, is gives them a, a goal, and they are willing to endure all kinds of hardships because Jesus has called them. Um, you know, they, they accept his invitation in a very practical and real way by being cross-cultural missionaries. And a recent survey on world mental health has found that the single most important predictor of mental health is social disruption. Is that right? That's right. How does that work? Well, when a missionary leaves their family, their friends, and their home culture, their social life is disrupted. Their social support system they leave behind. They have access to it digitally, but they're not there to help when they're sick or when... Uh, they need help with babysitting or that kind of thing. So they leave their social support system behind. But for all people, this survey found for all people of all ages and cultures, social disruption was the biggest predictor or, or, or most important risk factor for mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, and stress impacts our mental and physical health. We've also found that some cultures are very difficult to integrate into. They're not accepting of outsiders. And this is difficult for missionaries. It's especially difficult, Alex, for missionary families that have teenagers. I can imagine. Yes. I have a teenager in my That's family. right. Because the peer group of a teenager is critically important. Teenagers need to feel like they have a peer group, that they're accepted by it, and that they are valuable members of that group. And when they don't, it has a negative impact on their mental health. Um, Transition, mm-hmm. you know, moving to the mission field and transitions of various kinds put stress on relationships. Therefore, I'm also often asked to work with marital problems. Missionaries often find that stress is put on their relationship when they transition to the mission field. Some missionaries, however, find that the move is actually good for their marriage. They are removed from other support systems and they have to re- rely completely on each other, and they find that that's beneficial. Maybe those support systems were disruptive systems It could have home. been. It could have been. It could have been. But they find it helpful, but it doesn't work that way for everybody. Right, it works differently. Yeah. For some couples, if there was any tension or stress in the relationship, the stress tends to make it bigger. And they often need help. They need someone from the outside to help them work through that, and to actually renegotiate the terms of their relationship. Who's going to do what, how they're going to support each other, and they need help with that. So that's one of the functions that I, one of the roles that I take in supporting missionaries. You know, the most common issues that any psychologist deals with are depression and anxiety. They're the most common disorders worldwide. And so some of our missionaries are dealing with these issues. And while they may be able to deal with it adequately in their homeland, when they go overseas, the transition can actually make it much worse. And so they may need help or support with that. On the other hand, a person who's never experienced depression or anxiety may become depressed or anxious if the transition and the stress that they experience while there is ongoing. And so they need help in dealing with those. So that's one thing that I do. Probably most importantly, though, is my role in providing crisis intervention. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Research shows that missionaries experience or are exposed to higher levels of trauma than those who remain in their homeland, and there are a number of reasons for this. Probably one of the most important is that our missionaries typically go to areas of the world that are either politically unstable or underdeveloped. And in these places, there are higher levels of crime, poverty, and disease. Our agile workers in particular deal with this because by the very nature of their work, they're working in development to help the very poor have an increased quality of life, or they're dealing in disaster relief. So that's very, very, very difficult for them as well. Thank you for covering those. I can easily imagine how each one of those could become not just a separate podcast episode. Absolutely. There's so much for us to, uh, to talk about as a missionary community, because those are very important issues, Dr. Hamill. Now, would you please talk to us, um, for now, a bit more about the kinds of issues that place missionaries at greater risk than those who remain in their homeland? Sure. You know, it's not just ADRA workers who are exposed to natural and man-made disasters. Um, These happen everywhere, in stable countries and unstable countries, in rich countries and poor countries. We all experience it from time to time. The problem is when these occur in poor countries and underdeveloped countries, the suffering can be intense. These countries often don't have the uh, infrastructure to help people recover from the disasters that happen. Um, and this often impacts our missionaries. An example of this uh, right now is in, the, in Papua, Indonesia. We have a mission station there that recently experienced um, great floods, and it's, it's done a lot of damage there. In fact, to the station itself. To right? the station, to the mission station. Many of the, the national workers' homes were destroyed. Um, in fact, one of their long-term local workers, was injured in the flood and has died as a result of those injuries. I'm so very sorry to hear. I did not know. Yeah, and and it was a tremendous loss for the community. Um, And it's particularly hard for this community because three years ago, um, our denomination's longest-serving mission pilot, Bob Roberts, um, he and his wife had served there for more than 20 years, Bob was doing his second flight of the day when his plane crashed on takeoff and he was killed. Hmm. Devastating for that community. Um, His two sons now are there. Both are mission pilots. They continue the work of their father. Yes, yeah. And they're working hard to restore the work that their father had spent so many years of his life doing. So they're very invested in doing that. So that's the kind of trauma support that I provide to help people. I went to Papua when Bob was killed and helped support that community there. And I hope to go again to help support them in the aftermath of this crisis. Um, Another risk factor, Alex, is the issue of crime. Many of our missionaries live in the poorest and most politically unstable countries in the world. And they're exposed to violent crimes of various sorts. And I've worked uh, with missionaries who have been robbed at gunpoint, um, some areas is just very unsafe. One missionary had sold his car and was just going home, and it wasn't very far. Someone must have known that he had that money and, and held him at gunpoint and took the money. Um, very traumatizing for the missionary. 
Um, I definitely can, well, at least can empathize. Yeah. Difficult. You can see how hard that is yeah, for them. I could yeah. definitely see that this is very hard. Um, even in peaceful countries like Palau. Palau is a small island nation in the South Pacific. And it, statistically, it has a murder rate of close to, or, of close to zero. Mm. In 2003, we had a missionary family murdered there. Only the 10-year-old daughter survived. So the world is, it, it, you know, th- these things happen all over the world, but when it happens to a missionary and they're separated from their support systems, it's very, very challenging. Before you continue, uh, Dr. Hammer, I'd like to just mention for our uh, listeners that recently you wrote a, a, a big article, a story about mm-hmm. Palau and, yeah. and this how, little girl. How you've been helping that that girl. She's uh, now 25 years old and thriving. So what I will be happy to do is to also link in the show notes to this particular story so people can catch up. And I would, That's great. I would encourage our listeners to really check out this particular article because it's it, it tells a story of uh, victory, of recovery, um, of uh, God being present healing. in people's lives. Yeah, a story of healing. Yeah. And another risk factor um, when I work with mission, or for missionaries living internationally um, is the risk of a motor vehicle accident. We often don't realize how much greater that risk is in other countries. Low-income countries have the highest rates of motor vehicle fatalities. Um, and most of these countries are in Africa, where the rates are very, very high. Um, and as many of you know who've traveled internationally, in many of these country roads aren't just for motor vehicles. Not at all. <laughs> They're for people and animals and carts and bicycles and whatever they need to move along. Um, because the only straight place sometimes. Yeah, you know, that's to, only the, the level place right. that they have. So, uh, of course, they use them. Um, and, and approximately a third of motor vehicle-related deaths are of pedestrians that are hit by vehicles or people on bicycles. And I worked with a couple from that were working in um, Papua New Guinea. And... They had hit someone that was that came out and you know hit their car, but they had to leave the country because the local people wanted to kill them. Speaking so, of trauma, yeah, I mean the trauma of, of killing someone, right. but then the trauma of their own lives being in danger. So that's a very difficult thing. Um, I also helped to support a young family serving in Cambodia several years ago when their four-year-old daughter was killed one Sabbath afternoon. The little girl and her mother had gotten on to their motorcycle, their mode of transportation, and they were just going to run home, then come back to church. It was just a short distance. But not long after they left the church, they were hit by a truck and knocked over. The little girl was killed instantly, but the mother wasn't injured. But a very traumatic experience the family. I'll just give you um, some statistics to help you understand the risk that missionaries mm-hmm. face on the roads. Um, in Great Britain, for example, there are 2.9 motor vehicle fatalities per 100,000 people per year. In Australia, there are 5.4, and in the U.S., there are 10.9. Those are high enough, but in Kenya, it's 29.1. 
What a difference. What a difference. Huge. Rwanda, 32.1. And in Thailand, it's 36.2. And we, we do Mission Institute in Thailand every year. But the rate is high there. Um, Western Europe has the lowest vehicle, motor vehicle fatality rates in the world, followed by Australia and then North America. But Africa and the Middle East have the highest rates. The very highest rate in the world is in the country of Libya. 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 Now, I don't know if we have any missionaries in Libya. Uh, Not yet. We do have Adventist families who live there and uh, Mm -hmm. as... uh, as, as workers, as international workers. Okay. Um, but no, 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 no missionaries. No. But the rate there is 73.4. You know? That's more than 25 times the rate of Great Britain. <laughs> so things like that, you know, the risks are high. Uh, seven times the rate of the U.S. My own family experienced a motor vehicle accident when we lived in Rwanda. Uh, my husband was killed instantly, and my youngest son and I spent a month in the hospital. We were on a paved road, and most of the roads in Rwanda at that time weren't paved, but those that were paved were narrow and winding, and they weren't marked. We had a head-on collision with a truck. And it was traumatic. Every time that we went to the capital, almost every time, we would see a big truck that had fallen off the side of the mountains because the, mount- the roads you know, went along the side of the mountain, and if it went off, it would all down the mountain. So, you know, these kind of things happen overseas and they are, are very devastating to missionary families. And it's not only devastating to the missionary family who experiences, but the community that they're living among. It has a huge impact. Um, another risk factor is health. Many missionaries live in countries where the leading cause of death is still communicable diseases, malaria, tuberculosis, Many live where polluted air and um, unsafe water are still very, very real issues. Many diseases um, are born through uh, unsafe water. Um, Malaria is still one of the biggest killers in many parts of the world. In fact, we've lost several missionaries in the country of Chad alone in recent years. Children are particularly vulnerable. Two families serving in Chad lost a child there in the last 10 years. You see, some missionaries actually pay a very high price in order to fulfill the gospel commission to take the good news to the ends of the earth. Alex, we have all of these very practical risks, but in addition to all of these, I think it's important for us to remember that the primary work of a missionary is spiritual. And there are spiritual risks in serving. Whatever the particular job or um, call, the primary function is to be a channel of the love of our Lord Jesus and to, through their words and their actions, to share the good news of salvation and to further the kingdom of our Lord. And as we do this, the enemy of our souls does not stand by idly. That's exactly no. why uh, we are there. This is Absolutely. why all the risks That's right. That's why we go. Because we want to go to places that the enemy of our soul claims is his own. And we want to claim it for Jesus. We want to share the good news and bring souls to our Lord. And there is a battle. 
Um, missionaries often find themselves in intense spiritual black battles. These battles may, may manifest themselves in various ways. Uh, they can be personal with issues that they're experiencing with uh, temptations and addictions and things like that. The devil's attacking them. They can be interpersonal. Conflict between spouses, hmm. conflict within the family, with children, conflict with fellow workers, or with local leadership, even with the local governments and agencies there that are trying to destroy the word. It's all very real. The devil wants to destroy any opportunity we have to further the kingdom of our Lord Jesus and to bring souls to salvation. Dr. Hamill, I very much appreciate you mentioning um, your personal um, background and trauma that you experienced, your family experienced, the loss of your husband. I truly do hope that we will be able one day share uh, your full story through the IWM podcast. Some um, out there, some of our audience um, are familiar with your story. There are many who are not. And um, I know it, it brings a lot of healing to a lot of people, so we will, we will try to do this. I'd be happy to do that, Alex. All yeah. right. Now, you've, uh, you know, you've painted the picture, the, the very real picture of risks and issues that missionaries face, and also moved us a little bit to, towards saying that um, um, it's also about our, the spiritual side mm-hmm. of our being. We also need to be spiritually strong. With that, I have a question. Can you tell us just a bit more about how the spiritual aspects of a missionary's life impact their mental health? With that, I have a second question. What is the relationship between spiritual health and mental health? Alex, I'm going to start with your second question um, and address the relationship between spiritual health and mental health. Historically, mental, spiritual, and physical health were seen as an integrated whole. That's the biblical perspective. It's certainly the perspective of ancient peoples. Um, according to a good friend of mine, Roy Gain, he's a professor at Andrews and the author of the NIV application commentary on the book of Leviticus and Numbers. He's a, an expert in, in those books. And he says that the ancient Hebrew understanding of a human being is that of a living system with all components of body, mind, and spirit integrated. And both the Old and New Testament share that perspective. When Jesus healed, he often forgave sins. And he sure did. He did. And, you know, in the story of the paralytic, um, he said, son, your sins are forgiven you. And then when the people questioned him and Jesus said, well, which is easier for me to say your son's sins are forgiven hmm. or take your bed up and walk? So he saw the two as a different side of the same coin. And I'd like to read a verse from Psalms 103. Please. Because the Old Testament shares the same perspective. It says, uh, it's Psalms 103, verse 2 and 3. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefit, benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. We serve a God who heals us spiritually and emotionally and physically. So we'll go to your second part of mm-hmm. the question now. So with the development of the scientific method and the integration of those principles into med- medicine, the mind and the body were considered separate. And the 
the spiritual nature of human beings was virtually ignored. Mm -hmm. That was the case in the medical world up until very recent years. Um, They considered the mind and body as being separate entities and ignored the spiritual part. This view persisted until the second half of the 20th century. Um, It wasn't until 1988 that mind-body medicine was officially recognized as a scientifically validated medical discipline. Is that right? That's right. So there is a recognition. There is today that there's a very close relationship between our our mental health and our physical bodies. Mm -hmm. When we experience stress, in fact, many of the leading killers in the world today, especially in the Western world, industrialized nations, are diseases of lifestyle and diseases, stress-related illnesses. So that's a, a... very much recognized today. Um, So how do the um, spiritual aspects of a missionary's life impact their mental health? Well, as I mentioned earlier, the spiritual nature of our work is very real. And we have to remember that there is a spiritual battle. And as we recognize the very close relationship between our spiritual natures, our emotional natures, we can see that they are connected. Um, so it does impact us. On the flip side, Dr. Hamill, um, many say that if a person is spiritually strong, they won't, be, they won't have mental health issues. Now, uh, can we agree with, uh, with what those people are saying? Well, just as Christians get diseases such as cancer and heart disease, they also are vulnerable to mental health problems like anxiety, and depression. We are not yet in heaven. Right. And we are therefore vulnerable to all the same diseases and challenges that everyone else is. However, our faith serves as a protective factor. Research has shown uh, that those who follow a spiritual path live longer and have an increased quality of life than those who don't. Um, The Christian way of life is a healthier way of life. The scriptures tell us our bodies are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that whether we eat or drink, we should do all to the glory of God. Um, You can see the very uh, practical way that the Adventist lifestyle serves as a protective factor for our health. I can see that. Yeah. A recent study... um, in 2017, it's called the Global Burden of Diseases, Injuries, and Risk Factors. A study of 2017 found that the top five causes of death globally were due to diet. Mm-hmm. And we have, that's been a part of our health message for, since our church came into existence. So it is a health factor for physical health. And Jesus, the whole Christian message, Uh, He told us how to live with each other, how to support each other. He said that they will know you're my disciples by your love for one another. And people who live in communities have far better mental health. It serves as a protection against disease, mental health problems. And when a person does have it, they recover more quickly. We're also, our faith, our optimism, that helps and improves our mental health. So, um, while we are subject to all the diseases that everyone else is, our faith serves as a protective factor. It doesn't mean we won't get them, but it does mean if we do, 
that we have extra resources to help us deal with them. Dr. Hamill, thank you so very much for uh, coming on air today and uh, sharing uh, with our community about what um, type of support is possible. appreciate that. You're welcome. Now, I have to confess, the spectrum of the challenge missionaries face, even in today's 21st century world of cities, technology, better access to internet, developed medical care, it's still daunting for me, to me. I'm so thankful for Dr. Hamill and the large circle of other people in IPRS or the Institute of World Mission who truly care and do their best to be of support. You can contact Dr. Hamill by visiting the ISE Care Team's page and uh, emailing her from there. The link is in the show notes. If you are an ISC, Dr. Hamill will find a chance to speak with you as soon as possible. Now, if you're not, but you are an Adventist missionary working cross-culturally, still write to her if you feel you do have a need. We do encourage that. Even though she needs to prioritize requests from the ISCs, she will try to communicate and support as much as possible. Now, on another topic, there are several things on the new IWM website. Remember the address? IWM.adventist.org. So what's new this week? First, new webinar. The IWM live event for May, more correctly, May 23, is already announced. We will be looking at implications of reading scriptures, the Bible, through our cultural eyes. What does that mean to our missionary service? Check out the description page to learn more. Link in the show notes. Second, we launched, or more correctly, relaunched a page for health resources specifically geared to Adventist missionaries. If you're looking to be healthier while in the mission field, check out this page. Link in the show notes. Now you get the pattern by now, right? Lastly, this week's blog post is titled The Pang of Separation. The IWM blog is a new initiative. As you read this week's article, we will be happy to see your comments. Write down below. You can write to us, share your thoughts, concerns, questions. It's a great place to engage and converse. Well, friends, it's over for today. My name is Alex Ott, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you next week.